One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that builds biographical bridges between our guests and you using the songs that have touched their lives and the stories they bring forth. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Jim Gustafson. Jim holds a Master's of Divinity from Garrett Theological Seminary at Northwestern University in his hometown of Evanston, Illinois, and an MFA from the University of Tampa. He's the author of Take Fun Seriously, Driving Home, Unassisted Living, and Friar Fred's Diary, the first two of which are essays and the second two are poetry. Jim teaches at Florida Gulf Coast University. He and his wife Connie live in Fort Myers where his I Believe Purposefully Sparse bio says he reads, writes, and pulls weeds. I first started getting to know Jim during my time at the Alliance for the Arts where I worked for about five years through a project he spearheaded there called Broadsides Poetry Off the Shelf, which combined works of art that were inspired by poems with the poems themselves, creating finished printed broadsides. But we've never done more than just chat for a bit, so I'm looking forward to getting to know him now through the lens of his song stories. Hey there, Jim. Good afternoon, sir. Good. It's good to see you. Nice to be seen. Glad um, to be here. When was the last time you did any weeding? Uh, yesterday. Okay. I wore myself <laughs> out. Yeah. So is yeah. this garden weeding or is this yard weeding? Uh, well, the garden's in the yard. So you do have a, <laughs> but, but, but you do have a like a, a, a fruit or you know a vegetable producing no, garden? No, this is mostly plants, but the weeds have a way of showing up. And so I... I find myself uh, out there quite often pulling uh, weeds. And something zen about it, feeling, right? Yeah, they're really. I really kind of enjoy, it. and then I kind of feel sorry for them on, on occasion, but you, not too sorry. You know, uh, I moved into my house about ten years ago, and I had right out back. I mean, I don't really have a proper yard. It's you know, it's an old you know, it's like what do you mow the weeds kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a lot of sand spurs, and I just started every time I'd see one, I'd pull it and I'd throw it away. And over about three or four years. I don't have the answers anymore. That's good. <laughs> you know, baby steps to your goal. Yeah, my weeds keep coming back, however. Oh, yeah. Well, now I understand. <laughs> um, so how long have you been in southwest Florida? I don't really know that quite oh, my that at all. 20 years 20 ago. 20 years. Yeah. What brought oh. you here? Well, long story, but I'll make it short. Um, we lived in Minnesota. In Minneapolis, and uh, my mother and father had retired down here, and my dad had died, and my mom had Alzheimer's, and she could not move north, so I left my work in Minnesota and came down here. Uh, I was fortunate enough to make a smooth transition to uh, another radio station. I was in the radio business, and um, uh, came down here to help care for her, and uh, we've been here now for 20 years. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to refer, refer back to your purposefully sparse bio. So you worked in radio. I didn't know that. Yeah, I spent. <laughs> <laughs> I've had man, I've had a lot of. I've done a lot of stuff, but I spent the better part of my life in the radio business. Started out in sales, and then got into management, and uh, ultimately. Uh, was general manager of some radio stations around the country. Did you you worked? Did you work here back in the day? I worked okay, here. Okay, sorry, Jim. Jeez, yeah, that's I, my, okay. That was like my previous life, and then my life again. Yeah, I worked okay, here. I worked here in community together. development, and uh, I remember and, uh, now. Okay, worked here and enjoyed it very much. What so, yeah. um, What do you teach at FGCU? I teach uh, introduction to creative writing mostly. How is that? And how are it. how are students these days receiving that? 
concept and well, world. I hope I hope well. I think it depends on which student and right. which day. Uh, but uh, I love it. It's re- frankly what I'm doing now is what I've always wanted to do. Oh, cool! And all the other things I've done along the way probably indicate that I was never doing what I really wanted to do, and now I finally am. So I'm having a ball. Oh. I don't know how the students are enjoying it, but I have a lot of fun. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, I, I feel the same way as far as doing what I really want to do. Yeah. So yeah. amen to that. Um, if you dig back as far as you can, is there an early musical memory that you can recall, whether it's concrete or you know even sort of ethereal? Music has always been so important in my life. And um, I played the drums for many, many years and took it very seriously. Like uh, drum kit drums? Yeah. Drumsticks? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. And yeah. Cymbals and... Right, right. Not like Jim Bays and stuff no, like no, that. No, no, yeah. no, no. <clears throat> and uh, I, uh, I did that. And, and I got hooked at an early age when, when other people were listening to popular top 40 music. I was listening to jazz and specifically big bands. Mm-hmm. And I got hooked and fell in love with a guy named Count Basie. Mm-hmm. And uh, used to s- sit at my drum set with the record player blasting and driving my family crazy playing drums along yeah. to, to Count Basie. Hmm. Did you have chops to be able to do it or were you kind of – I mean how far – how good did you get? Well, I, I – Because, um, you know, that will determine how crazy you're driving someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I <laughs> – yeah. I, I was uh, I, I, I was a good drummer. I yeah. really was. I, I played uh, in quite a bit of uh, groups and bands and uh, played all through college oh. and um, all Ultimately, frankly, I sold, finally sold my drums to get my first car. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Huh. But um, I, uh, I I studied very hard and uh, and uh, was fortunate enough, uh, interesting enough, I, I guess. Uh, the, the drum teacher I had uh, was the drum teacher to some famous drummers like uh, Gene Krupa and a guy named Louis Belson. People may not be aware of him, but I uh, I, pl- I played quite a bit. And uh, when was the last time you played? Oh my gosh! It's been a number of years now. Okay. Really? Yeah, I have a, I have some drumsticks and a little rubber pa- practice pad. Yeah. So I pull that out re- fairly regularly. But in terms of really sitting down and playing, it's been a long time. Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of a meditative thing for it you is. now. It's it really performative. is. Yeah. Uh, well, so what was the overall musical background of your childhood in terms of like what was being played around the house, or you know, just what what was the music you were swimming in as a young child? As a kid. Um, there was always music going on at home, and and uh, every night uh, we we'd sit down at the dinner table, and before we did, my dad would say, "Hey, pal, go turn on some dinner music," and we had a stack of old. Uh, uh, old little 78 records mm-hmm. that we put on the turntable and uh, oh my goodness uh, one of his favorite bands was Hal Kemp which you probably people have heard of I mean this is we've got Google but I don't got no, it no I'm here to tell you uh, and uh, Hal Kemp Hal Kemp and, uh, you know, it reminds me in class, I have my students hold up three fingers when I say something like that, and that represents an old man alert. <laughs> and that's because I'm referring to something they've never heard before. But he played that, and, and uh, uh, you know, we played a lot of, of old um, – Really, forties, nineteen forties kinds of of music. Uh, Louis Armstrong, people have heard of him, of course, and Ella Fitzgerald. Lots of jazz.
jazz and, and lots of band music um, um, that uh, I grew up with all along. And then uh, in terms of my own music background, a little piano and then got hooked on the drums. So you played some piano as well? A little bit, yeah. yeah. And then Was I, there, were your folks or anybody playing music around you? Uh, not really, no. My grandmother, my mother's mom was a pianist and mm-hmm. she'd, she'd come and go down the basement to a old upright piano and pull out a hymn book and sit there and play hymns all the time, which I thought was pretty cool. And that was where? It wasn't many, that wasn't Minnesota. That I, no, was, that I was, was born I was born and reared in Chicago, Evans, yeah, yeah. Evan, nor, and just north of Chicago in gotcha. Evanston. Yeah. Hmm. Um, do you remember the first music that you owned that was your, you know, you had provenance over it? Um, the first music I ever owned was probably... Probably a Count Basie album. Yeah. Probably that one. That uh, uh, I think that was the first album I ever owned. My sisters uh, had, you know, I remember they bought Johnny Mathis okay. albums and all of that. And so there was a lot of music in the house. But the first thing I ever bought with my own money was that, a Count Basie album called Basie. Hmm. Um, real quick aside, I, I grew up playing golf and I got to caddy a lot when I was in high school. And out at Fiddlesticks, they used to have a golf tournament that was the Calvin Pete Coca-Cola Pro-Am. Yes, sir. And um, I got to caddy in a group that included Johnny Mathis. Oh, how cool is that? <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. I was I was caddying for Bob Murphy, uh-huh. who was uh, just had just entered the senior circuit, right. and and he he had won the Masters, so he was fairly right. popular. Yeah. Well, we're way down a rabbit hole here. Um, That's all right. But the, the I'm a golfer too. But the uh, the 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 women. We had a huge group of women because of Johnny Mathis. Yes. <laughs> um, wonderful, wonderful, one might say. Uh, so what was it about Camp Count Basie's music that – I mean, can you try to describe what it made you feel when you were a kid that is why you glommed onto it? Well, actually, yes, I certainly can because I, before I bought the album, I got the opportunity to see him. Oh, OK. Uh, I – Grew up in Evanston, where Northwestern University was, and uh, or is, and uh, the campus offered me the opportunity to see a lot of jazz musicians who were appearing in Chicago and who came. And one time, one uh, one evening, when I was probably I think maybe thirteen years old. Um, I had been going to what they had a jazz club and they'd bring in performers who were appearing in Chicago to, to a small room and they would pray and ask, answer questions. And here's this little 13-year-old kid coming, you know, running after middle school really or junior high as we called it, yeah. running down to the campus to sit there and hear all this. And as I said, my friends thought I was stupid because I was into a really weird music to them. At the time, yeah, yeah for your contemporaries. And then everybody <laughs> was excited that at an auditorium there, uh, they were going to bring in the band to Count Basie. And when I went home, I said, I got to go to this. And my parents said, well, you can go. And, you know, so I went and I sat there and I was just absolutely blown away by the orchestra, by what they did, and especially by the drummer. 
<laughs> uh, whose name was Sonny Payne. <laughs> and um, it, it just, it, it hooked me. It hooked me on, uh, I love jazz, but that opened up the whole big band thing to me. How many uh, pieces were they? 16. 16. Yeah. And that was like the formal, they were always the 16? or It was maybe... always a 16 band. It was a, a rhythm section of a bass. Bassy played the piano. Payne was, Sonny Payne was on the drums. There was a guy named Freddie Green who played the guitar, who was with Count Basie and with the band after Count Basie died even. And then there was a uh, um, trumpets, trombones, and a sax section. And mm. uh, it was uh, just an amazing, amazing orchestra. Well, your first song, mm. no surprise, no. is a Count Basie song. Right. Uh, do you want to talk about why this is the song that you chose? Or do you want to just leap right into it and you can talk some after you decide? Well, I, I think that there's a, there's a point in this. This, this, was my, this is my favorite song on the album. There's lots of f- good songs on the album. But this one particularly because I had to work very hard to play the drums to it. Uh, you'll, you'll hear a po- – there's a point in it where the – well, for lack of a better word, it explodes. And that explosion of music is preceded by uh, the drummer doing triplets that leads right into it. And it's just a, a great moment in the song. It happens uh, more than once. But uh, uh, And when that happened, I, I'll never forget the first time I heard the song and that guy pounding those triplets out and the band just – blowing us all away. It was great. And I was only 13. <laughs> how long has it been, or how often do you listen to it? Like, is this a song that you, you've oh, listened to recently? Yeah, it's on my phone. It's on your phone? <laughs> okay. <laughs> how cool is that for an old guy? <laughs> well, no. Well, cheers to that. And we'll get a, we'll get a little further down that that road, too. Um, okay, well, let's hear it. This is Splanky, right? Yes, Splanky, that's the name of it. Splanky by Count Basie from the 1958 album The Atomic Mr. Basie. Jim's dancing in the seat. <laughs> and so was I. That's never great. get tired of it. I've never, never listened to that. Like, you know, yeah. I don't listen to these unless it's a song I happen to have heard before. Right. So that was like the that was my oh, that's inaugural experience yeah. listening to that. It's it great. You. Yeah, it really is. It really um, is. do you sh- were you sharing the, your love of that kind of music with anybody around you at that time, whether it be your other, other like maybe your folks because that may have been what they were liking or Well, yeah, except I think that my Playing drums in the house along with it might have tarnished <laughs> their right. love of it a little bit. But ultimately, yeah, uh, along the way in um, when I finally got to – not finally, but shortly thereafter, you know, would have gotten to high school. Then there was a jazz band there. Gotcha. And there so you had students, some other jazz yeah, 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 jazz kids. Yeah. yeah. And if, but I was uh, – uh, you know, and I remember some of the well, the music, the band leader, I guess you'd say, or the band instructor in high school was a, a fan of Count Basie's too. So we had, you know, a lot in common, and there were other students who enjoyed it. When you were at your the peak of your drumming prowess, mm-hmm. if if you had been at a Count Basie show and the drummer passed out, could you have jumped in and hung on? Oh well, because it never happened. I would like to. I would. I would like to think so. But uh, you know, this um, the people who've played drums with that orchestra are are the, the you know some of the best. Oh, I've absolutely. Ever been. Yeah, I, yeah. I would. I would. Uh, you know, of course, I'd like to think so. I could. I, I could have gotten through if they didn't have me solo or anything. right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. But this particular recording and this this drummer on this album. Uh, was really one of the most musical drummers. If you listen carefully to what he's doing, uh, uh, the, even on in, in this song too, it, it all fits musically. It's it's quite a quite an amazing um, 
thing that he does with his with his music. Do you ever with uh, his drumming? I mean, do you ever uh, uh, go see the live jazz downtown on Thursday nights? Yeah, in Barrel Room. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I could see you in that yeah. room. Oh yeah. Um, so when did writing enter your world? Was it there all along? Yes, okay. I've always I've always written one way or another, um, and uh, you know it's always been something that I've done. Of course, sometimes more than others, mm -hmm. but uh, always have uh, written. And poetry has always been important to me, and uh, probably uh, really got to, to it in college. Uh, there was a, a specific moment I remember actually in college when when I decided this is something I had to do and I've done it since then actually. Hmm. Yeah. When did when did you first seek publication? Um well the first the the, the first oh my um when I, there, there's a, a radio magazine called uh, well no that's not even true it's before that I had some articles uh, I spent some time working after I graduated from a theological seminary I spent a, sport, a short period of time as a pastor in some churches in Indiana and then I went to work for some nonprofit organizations and one of those organizations Faith at Work was the name of it had a magazine mm -hmm. and uh, I ended up writing fairly regularly for that magazine so um, you you know that was later. I had before that. Uh, I should remember now. I, I you know I had a couple poems published when I was in college. Okay, and um, I think maybe a couple things in a high school newspaper or something. But, gotcha. But yeah. So you got your master of divinity. Uh, what was your plan at that point in time? What made you decide to to go pursue that kind of schooling? Well, there were a number of things, and to be uh, blatantly honest about it, uh, I graduated from college in the uh, height of the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. I wanted very much to go on to graduate school in philosophy, which was one of my majors. And um, the I went to theological seminary because I had a deep interest in it and, and all. Uh, at the same time, theological seminary came with a deferment. Mm -hmm. And so I um, uh, found that a, an additional uh, benefit for me uh, to go and, uh, and uh, I did and uh, enjoyed it very much. It was a great experience. and. Uh, uh, really spent 10 years in that field of work or calling or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So where does music, you said you have music on your phone, so where does music fit into your life today and how do you typically consume it? Um, well, I, I, frankly, I listen to uh, WGCU when I'm in the car, so mm -hmm. that's not my music fix. But it is on the phone, and I, I very often tune in uh, my music list uh, you know, when I'm sitting at my computer uh, and I'm grading papers when mm -hmm. I'm when I'm doing things around the house, and uh, when I go for walks, I have my ear earbuds in and mm -hmm. I'm listening to to songs and that sort of thing. So it's very much part of my life always. Do you listen to music while you're writing? No, I do not. So you write in silence. I write in silence. Yeah, I find I get I get distracted. The the music, you know, the sound, the noise. So I I write every morning uh, first thing. You a longhander? I, I could see you maybe being a longhander. No, I'm not okay. anymore. I, 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 you know, that's interesting. It's interesting discussion about that. Whether it's better to do it that way. The problem is I can't read my own handwriting. Right. <laughs> so I'm I'm a keyboard fellow. <laughs> oh, that's great. I just heard an interview on the uh, on NPR the other day about a guy who spent 24 years uh, coming up with a new 
uh, English translation of the Old Testament, basically, mm-hmm. and he works in longhand. And so, wow. yeah, that was, wow. I thought that was, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I know people who swear that that's really the best way to write, and uh, I tried, I've tried it, but uh, I, um, I'm not, I use a keyboard. Well, and I loved what he did for to have a backup of it. Instead of like photocopying it, oh. what he does is he actually records himself reading it before he sends it off to have it typeset. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a great uh, revision and great. Well, and I think it's exactly part of the part of his final edit, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, When was the last time you bought music that had a physical form? Mike, I can't remember (laughs) because so much is online. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I think. Well, now wait. Let me let me go. I've got some D- CDs. I was going to say DVD. I have some CDs, and I think the last one um, might have been a. Um, oh my goodness! I think I bought a BB King. CD of okay. all things. <laughs> now that I think about that, might have been the last one. That was year, some years, a couple of years, three. But I do remember doing that, and I think I bought it, Frank, at a garage sale. Yeah, well, yeah, that's I guess that's where <laughs> we, we, what we what we're finding is is either most people have completely made the leap, yeah. or they have gone into the world of vinyl, or they've always been in the world of vinyl, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. or you know, or they get them at garage sales sometimes mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any particularly memorable live? music experiences where shows have, besides Count Basie, shows that have uh, marked you? Oh, yeah. uh, A couple. Uh, One, um, the the first thing that comes to mind other than the the Count Basie experience, I was, as I said, I lived in in Evanston and uh, uh, where Northwestern is. And so we had all kinds of uh, performance there. We mentioned Johnny Mathis. He appeared once and I got to see him. I remember that. Dave Brubeck. Oh, wow. uh, Got to see Dave Brubeck. uh, Ray Charles, I remember seeing him. Uh, those are all great memories. The thing that really came to my mind first, though, is um, in Pittsburgh. Um, we lived in Pittsburgh. I lived a lot of places, uh, and uh, I saw Frank Sinatra. Oh, really? And uh, and at uh, what point in, in time would that have been? Like, let's picture which Frank Sinatra that was. Yeah. Well, no, this was this was still Frank. Uh, this was um, nineteen. I'm going to guess uh, seventy eight or okay, so. Yeah. He had just married or had been is married to Barbara Marks mm-hmm. at that time. And she was he introduced her. She came in at the um uh, I can't remember the name of the arena, it's where the where the uh, penguins play in Pittsburgh and we had pretty good seats and uh, he he sang there. I saw him one other time uh, at Carnegie Hall wow. uh, with uh, the Buddy Rich Orchestra, another drummer. And uh, those are probably that's pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good moments. Yeah, yeah. Have I've you been ever, very fortunate in that? Have you ever traveled um, specifically to see music? You know, further than just you know, like from here to Tampa or something like that. Mm. No, I can't say purposefully. I've I've been. Um, you know, we've have traveled. Um, 
Well, let's see. Let me think. Uh, we've been in uh, Las Vegas comes to mind uh-huh. and being there would go to a show. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't go to yeah. Vegas to go to that show. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, OK. Well, you just mentioned Frank Sinatra. So we're yeah. going to move on to song two. And okay. that's, you've, you've teed that one up. You've done that. You, yeah. You're doing that very nicely for me, Jim. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, uh, do you want to talk about this particular song and, and where, you know, or do you want to listen? You decide. Well, I chose this. Um, Mostly because I really like Sinatra's music, um, and uh, there's a great, uh, a great, another great album of his, interesting enough, called Sinatra at the Sands, the old Sands Hotel in Las Vegas, with Count Basie backing him up, and uh, uh, so. But I really chose this song because of my hometown. Mm-hmm. I'm from Chicago, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, that city means still means still is home to me, and uh, and because of that, and because of the music and Sinatra, that's really why I suggested this. Do you remember uh, the first time you heard it? You know, hearing somebody's music who you really like singing about your home. Oh my! I, I, I saw. No, I cannot. Okay. I'd like to, but I don't. That's a great question. I have no idea when the first time I heard this song, but I sure have heard it a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's listen yeah. to it together. Yeah. Uh, My Kind of Town, yeah. uh, Frank Sinatra. Um, and, and I didn't know this. It was originally part of the musical score for the 1964 musical film Robin and the Seven the Hoods. <laughs> and you know what? That may be the first time I ever saw it because I can vision him singing it. Okay, yeah. well, let's, let's imagine that yeah. together. All right. How often do you go back to Chicago? Not often enough. Yeah. <laughs> when was the last time you were there? Do you remember? Uh, yeah. Um, we were there um, this past summer. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Do you still have connections there. back there? I have still have family there and uh, still love it. Do you ever I'm, see shows at, at Wrigley Field? And then it occurred to me they didn't have lights back then. When I was a kid, no. They so did not they have really, lights. They didn't no. really do – they didn't do night concerts. No, 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 like, no. Uh, they didn't. Uh, the, uh, concerts um, – I'm trying to remember outdoor night concerts. Uh, there, there were some, but they would do those at maybe Soldiers Field and mm-hmm. and, and the White Sox ballpark, Comiskey Park had yeah. lights, but the Cubs no. The, I mean, excuse me, Wrigley Field Cubs no. Yeah, yeah. They didn't. Um, yeah, and I'm a diehard Cub fellow. Well, congratulations! Just, yeah. you, know, you guys finally got finally there, finally, finally yeah, recently. Um, uh, are you? Have you ever come across ninety three point three the Tiger? It's a low-power station. No. Licensed through Dunbar High School. Oh, okay. No. And I listen to it on Sundays because there's a couple-hour period where, they're, where, we're, where we're playing things that I already listened to on Saturday. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and on Sunday mornings, they do uh, Frank Sinatra like a block where it's like two hours of just random Frank Sinatra. Wow. Yeah. So I will So check now. that out. Yeah, 93.3. You can only really pick it up from like North Fort Myers to – Whiskey Creek or so. It's kind of, I mean, it's a low power station. Ooh, so Okay, well, I'll try. Yeah. All right. Um, anyway, I just, I thought I'd put yeah, that. Yeah, that's that, nice. I'm one of their advocates on this show. Okay, um, okay cool. And I, I think it's just one dude that's got, you know, mm-hmm. a, a license through a school and he plays whatever he wants to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so your two most recent books are poetry books. Yes. Is that recently written poetry or is that poetry called from your life? Uh, yes and yes. Uh, the the the, fir- the 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 one before the most recent one is called um, "Unassisted Living," 
Mm-hmm. And it basically deals with age. Mm-hmm. And those are poems that I've written, oh, probably over a period of six or seven years. Couldn't really write those till you were old enough to? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then um, the, uh, the most recent book uh, is called, entitled Friar Fred's Diary, The Reflections of a Discontented Monk. And uh, that's more recent. That happened within the last maybe two years. Who's Friar Fred? And is that you on the cover? No, that isn't me on the cover. <laughs> Dressed as an Ewok or yeah. no, a Sandman? Yeah, 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 no, as a monk. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, it's rather, uh, the, 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 it grew out of in um, Fernando Pessoa is a Portuguese poet. And a um, few years ago, I uh, had the, 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 the great opportunity to go to Lisbon to a writer's conference called Disquiet, which okay. is also the name of a book uh, by uh, Pessoa. And um, he wrote in what he called heteronyms. Hmm. He had a number of other people who he was. And it wasn't just that he was using a gnome de plume or he was just doing a persona. He literally had biographies and what and wrote as another entire person. Hmm. And uh, I was fascinated by that. And so I had in my head, based on a number of things and people that I really do know, this idea of a heteronym, a character, a mm-hmm. person called Fred and who ended up being a monk. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I uh, started writing. Like through the lens of that character, through, that, through that personality. Him. Yeah. yeah. And on the introduction to the book is I basically say that Fred keeps this diary, keeps it actually under his bed with his teddy bear in the monastery and um, that he shared his diary with me. So I could share it with you. And so uh, it's really Fred speaking, not not me. <laughs> how are you most like Fred and how are you least like Fred? I'm going to push this biography a little bit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, I suppose um, I most like Fred in that I understand some of the discontent uh, associated with um, – organized religious experience, dare I say. Uh, I'm not like Fred in that I'm not single. (laughs) Fair fair enough. (laughs) Uh, Nor celibate for that matter. Okay, well, fair enough. I love it. Um, Okay, ready for this? Karaoke. You ever do karaoke? No, sir. That was my big pivot. No, you've never done it. Well, I, not in public. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, do you sing? To myself. Okay. Yeah. Then that was going to say, I was going to say, it was a two-part question. Do you sing and does, it, does the answer to that change if you're around other people? So if nobody's around, you're singing? I do. I've been known to sing, sure. Okay. But yeah. like, what about like your, your wife? I mean, do you sing in front of her? Well, she looks she at me tell, funny she when tells I do. I sing to. in front of my granddaughters. Okay. And they look at me funny, too. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, do you have any TV theme songs committed to memory that you might sing for us now? Oh, you're kidding. I'm not. 
Who's the leader of the club that's made for you and me? No, is that one? Sure, yeah. bring it. That's the first one. Now, that's terrible. It came into my head. Oh my goodness! TV theme songs I could sing. Mickey Mouse Club would be one. Um, oh, what, what's the? Um, a horse is a horse, of course, of course. Why am I going all these old shows? Uh, it's what's yeah. in your brain. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. See the USA in your Chevrolet. Now, you remember, you're, you're too young to even know the Dinah Shore. That was her theme song. I, I, it resonates somewhere, yeah. but I would not have been America able to America is asking you to call. Oh Are we doing this? Um, what other? Oh, my goodness. Um, Richard did one with a guest that he knows, and they sang the entire Family Ties theme song. Growing Fam- Pains. Growing Pains. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's more recent stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm th- pulling out lots of lots of old. Well, you've songs. done you've yeah. done just fine. Um, I'm, I'm gonna let you off the hook without without Please a full do. song. Do you, um, do you know Green, Acre, Green Acres? Hum a few bars. It makes Green them. Acres is the place, place for me. <laughs> no, I, I'm afraid. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Yeah. Afraid, afraid not. Okay. Um, well, okay. What about uh, 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 like like Broadway shows or musicals? Yeah. Are there any of those that you're that you're oh. very fond of? Oh yeah, bunches. Like, bunches. like what what are your favorites? Matter of fact, you you remind me that when um, when you were asking about music in my family, we along with the the jazz albums, we had a whole lot. We had Annie Get Your Gun, mm-hmm. Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Carousel, all the Rodgers and Hammerstein songs. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm. You know, Phantom of the Opera is a favorite of mine. Have you seen a lot of them live? Uh, yeah, some I have, yes. I, we actually saw Phantom of the Opera last summer. We saw that again. We've seen that more than once. We took my granddaughters to see it, mm. and they loved that experience. Uh, it was uh, in, on Broadway. And, you guys made it to uh, Hamilton yet? Uh, no, because I, I've, I got turned down for a second mortgage. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I feel you there too. I was I, when they, when, you know, they're doing it in Puerto Rico right now, and the tickets there yes. were actually at first they were a lot less, but then of that, course yeah. the market took yeah. over, and then they, yeah. you have to be flying there on your gold-plated plane. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I would love to see it someday, but I think I'm going to have to wait for the movie and on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. My daughter's so into it. She, I yeah. mean, the, oh, that, yeah. the, all of her contemporaries, and that's so neat. That, yeah. you know, and and the origin story. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen, but you know, when when Lin Manuel Miranda first proposed it, it was like a, a small intimate event with President Obama and his wife, and he got up and kind of said, you know. I'm going to do a musical about Alexander Hamilton, the Treasury Secretary. And everybody was like, what? And now you've got you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of kids across exactly. this country that are completely engrossed in the story and the style. And it's just mm-hmm. awesome. My granddaughter is uh, almost 14, and I think she knows every word to her Oh, song absolutely, yeah. 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 We did, you know, back three years ago or whatever, it was really blowing up. We did a Alexander or we did a Hamilton-themed camp week at the Alliance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of every week, you have a theme. So they pick a bunch of songs within that theme, and then they teach the kids. And you have to teach the kids all the words. Yeah. And that week, they all already knew all the words <laughs> on day one. Yeah. It was so amazing. It's yeah. so cool. Very cool. Um, do you have a favorite band? <sighs> Well, I, 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 the first thing comes to my course, Count Basie. Um, you know, uh, I think that uh, I really, you know, there, there are tons of bands that I, um, I'm fond of. Uh, you know, old, old big bands. Um, I can't think of, uh, you know, I'm in in terms of. Um, 
you know, I think of smaller groups that are favorites of mine, but I, I, I would say the Louis Belson Orchestra I mentioned, he's a drummer too. I tend to, to lean that way a little bit. I thought, frankly, and this sounds weird, but when uh, Doc Severinsen led up the old Tonight Show yeah, Orchestra, uh-huh. that, that, that was an incredible bunch of uh, – Ed Shaughnessy was the drummer hmm. on that one. And uh, I thought that was a great, great band. Um, so, you know, the, the, a lot of the old big bands were our favorites of mine. In terms of contemporary music, I have to tell you, I am not very attuned to contemporary, to to modern, uh, or I shouldn't say current current hit music. I am just not not there. Jim, I, I've I've got the thing for you, man. There's a there's a guy on YouTube, uh, Scott Bradley's postmodern jukebox, and he takes like recent music, pop music, and and some from like the 80s and 90s. And he recomposes them for big band and oh, wow. doo-wop and like wow. yeah he I mean you're talking about like Katy Perry and um, I don't know um, don't look at me <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have looked at Mike for contemporary he takes contemporary music and then he'll he'll turn it into all of those old styles and it's really well done what's his name Scott, so, Scott Bradley Scott Bradley okay post, postmodern jukebox is post-modern, the name okay um, yeah. and uh, they they tour they came to Barber B Man here in town last year but like. Look it up. You're probably going to enjoy it. I will do it for sure. Yeah. Scott Bradley. Good. Thank Um, you. Okay. So now what we're going to do is we're going to pivot to your third song, the jazz great Willie Nelson. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a different Willie Nelson? No, this is not a different Willie Nelson. This is Willie. I know. I know. So why? what's Uh, what's, What's going on here? Well, you know, when you think of three songs, my tour in radio was... Started in and remained in two formats, country and news talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, the country, when I, when I first got into radio, I was, sold, I was a salesman for a country music station. And I ended up – not ended up, but I, I, I lived in Wichita, Kansas. And I worked for a radio station called KFDI, the Radio Ranch. And it was owned by – at the time, it was before all the, the – com- um, what's the word I want? The combination. I'm not saying it right. Consoli- con- consolidation of radio companies. Yeah. And, um, and uh, they were the largest country music station in, in the world, uh, country music company in the world. That's all they did. Every station they owned was country. Huh. And um, – because of that, they had some leverage with country music artists and they had golf tournaments and they'd bring in everybody and Willie came into the golf tournament. So I had a chance to get to be with some of these people. I don't want to say be friends with them or know them, but I you know, had that chance. And yeah. I loved Willie Nelson and I loved his music. And uh, then uh, another chance, uh, another opportunity to be around country and see him was when I was in Austin, lived in Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. where he lives outside of Austin and uh, had an opportunity to, to, to do that. So this song um, figures to the place country played um, and the fact that we've lived in 19 homes. Wow. And we've lived in the same house here for 20 years. So you do the math on how right. There's a lot of hops, time, skipping and jumping. How many times on. we were on the road again? Hmm. And we would sing that around our house before every relocation. Hmm. <laughs> and so that's what this kind of 
fits into. You guys got anything on your horizon where you're going to be singing this again? Or no, no? Uh-huh. I think we're stuck. I mean, I think we're here to you stay. Just, you should just sing it like when you go to Publix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right, exactly. Okay, well, let's listen to it. Uh, I, it I, I haven't listened to this for a while. I look forward to diving into this. This is uh, On the Road Again from Willie Nelson's 1980 album, Honeysuckle Rose. I like that guy's style. I do too. <laughs> I um, and I really do. I love his guitar work because he has this sort of laid back kind of backbeat thing going, where he he just jumps in a little bit here and there, and it it makes it seem so simple, but it's so perfect. I don't know if that makes sense, but I've always just enjoyed his guitar. Have you work. seen his guitar? Oh, uh, With yeah. With the big hole in Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's worn it out. No, I mean, uh, yeah, Trigger. Him and, uh, yeah. I mean, him and his guitar both, man, bless them for rocking it out all yeah. this time and still cool. just going strong. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so you got to meet him a couple times. A couple times, yeah. Uh, was that because he was playing live, so you got to stand there and see him play? Well, one time, yeah. Um, the the um, One time was this golf tournament. Where he was there, and I mean, we, I didn't hang out with him. Right? Yeah, he was yeah, there. Yeah. Met you him didn't make show. it onto the bus, though. No, no, I've never <laughs> made it onto the bus. And uh, another time, uh, the same same radio stations actually used to have big picnics and bring in all kinds of people. And he came in one year, and so yeah, I saw him then and shook his hand and said thanks. And he was um, very kind, very nice. Like if he came to town, would you go see him now? Sure. Or, yeah, yeah. He came to town many uh, years, not too long. Yeah, ago. It was a couple years yeah, ago, yeah, I think, yeah. or within the last few yeah, years. Yeah. Um, do you listen to any country music these days? Not too much, no. Mm-hmm. No. But if you did, it would be back in that sort of you know old. I probably country would. Kind yeah, of world. countries, you know, kind of. Moved a little bit, yeah, and, yeah. It's, which it's is become, good. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, obviously. But I'm, I'm sort of, you know, uh, my, uh, oh my gosh, it's been a number of years. Uh, I actually worked at a country. I ran a country radio station here. Oh, in, really? In town, yeah. Which yeah. one? Gator Country. Gator Country. I remember yeah. Gator Country. Yeah. I mean, I didn't listen to it, but no. I knew it was yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, but that was some years ago, and I don't know that I've plugged into too much country music since then. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about um, song four, or what was nearly on your list. Was there something else that you had oh. to trim in order to get it to the three? Oh my goodness! And what was the process? <laughs> Well, I, actually, what it was is I, I went I went through um, thinking about the 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 first song, the, the Count Basie. That was easy because right. that was probably the first song that lit me up. That was I like mean, well, that's like when I told you the idea, and maybe yeah, that the first thing into that your came head. to your mind. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, the um, Sin- uh, Sinatra was because of what Chicago means to me, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know the the all the the experiences I've had there, and that that song. By the way, I didn't say this earlier. Two things in it. Number one, I, uh, the, the stockyards it mentions, and I remember as a kid driving to the South Side to see my grandparents and smelling the smell of the stockyards back then. And my parents met in the Wrigley Building, which is mentioned in that song. So I mean, there's just all kinds of things, and then the Willie thing. Because of all the places that we've we've lived, the other song that's funny, I, I think, or that came to mind, but doesn't have a whole lot of, of, of just a, a silly experience when it comes to music and songs, is that um, Elton John's "Benny and the Jets." Okay, and uh, when I lived in Pittsburgh. I heard that song on the radio one day driving home, and I liked it, uh-huh. but I didn't know who it was or what it was. Right. And so I wanted to buy the record, 
but I didn't know who the artist was or what the song was. So I went, I remember, I walked around downtown Pittsburgh and went into record stores and asked, do you have a record of song that goes boom, boom, boom? <laughs> and they, I almost threw me out of a couple of places. But finally, in the third place, I went, Dun. he said, well, that sounds like Benny and the Jets. And he played it. And I said, yeah, that's the one. I'll buy it. That, that comes to mind as a song. That, I did think of that one, but that's, that's the whole story right there. <laughs> Um, are there are there any albums that that you'll always listen to all the way through in their entirety because you like them as their entirety? Uh, I mentioned earlier. I think the Sinatra at the Sands with Count Basie. I'll listen to that all the way through. Um, I keep thinking of Sinatra albums. Uh, I think. There's a um, a Nancy Wilson album. I couldn't even tell you the name of it. Um, Nancy the, Wilson, she singer. Yeah, um, I think she recently died, if I'm not mistaken. Um, she has a song. It's on this album, and and I, I listened to it all the way through. Called "Guess Who I Saw Today," and that almost hit my list because. Um, because I remember so vividly hearing it quite often in Chicago, there was a um, disc jockey, a night jazz jockey named Daddy O'Daly, and he came on like at 11 o'clock at night, and I remember listening to him very often on the way home, and he'd always start out, I remember this, and I was a you know, young kid, I was driving, so I was probably 16, but, you know, Welcome to Daddy's Modern Jazz Patio, home of the Gophers Club for those who live, love, and make a living of the class and jazz. Now here's Chicago's number one jazz impresario, Daddy-O. That's the way it was introduced. And I still remember that. And he always – he was sponsored by Thunderbird Wine. What's the word? Thunderbird. What's the price? A bus ride twice. That was <laughs> it. Was Daddy-O's. Uh, and old aware when you and the fair one are invited to share one with yours true Daddy-O daily. Anyway, he played this song by Nancy Wilson. I don't know if you know it. Called Guess Who I Saw Today. Hmm. And uh, it's a great, great song. Um, the lyrics basically present this woman going into town to shop around for something new and anyway and she sees her husband with somebody else and it's a real heartbreaking song but just beautifully sung and I have an album with that on it so those come to mind um, you know you you've you've read your poetry in front of people before right yes you ever done it with music behind you um as you were just you know riffing on all those things I could kind of hear a little <laughs> Uh, I have on occasion. It's something that's done really. It's oh, yeah. an interesting oh, experiment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's done, and in, in it's a it's a creative moment because I've seen I've seen it done more than I've had the experience of doing it. But it isn't unusual to get a um, a piano player mm -hmm. and or a court, uh, you know a group behind a poet and let them improvise mm -hmm. to the words of the poem. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I've uh, I've had one experience of doing that uh, briefly, but I've seen it done more than I've done it. I was part of a. A, a, a coffee shop slash bar slash art venue downtown back in the late 90s and early 2000s called Liquid Cafe. Mm. And we used to do an open mic night every week, which mm -hmm. was the big thing that everybody did back then. And we almost every week would have more than one or two poets up there and some musician who was willing to collaborate. Yeah. So I saw a lot of that. And yeah. when it's done, it's cool. when, it's, done when, well. it, when it comes yeah. together, absolutely, it's kind of spine tingling. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, okay. Um, 
album you would pick if you can only listen to one again? Is that going to be Count Basie or Frank Sinatra? Uh, or, or some other choice. I'm not going to force you. I'd cheat a little bit because I'd probably pick the Basie uh, and Sinatra album Oh, together. there you go. There you go. The twofer. The twofer. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. And my last question is, um, if you um, um, are there any songs that you will always avoid listening to for some reason? Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. There is a song which I really, really love from a musical. They're playing our song. I'm not sure the name of the music, if that's the name of the musical or not. But I get earworms. Mm-hmm. And that's not even now that I have just said those words, I'm going to be hearing that song for the next. Can you six, hum a little bit for us? Uh-oh, to they're really playing drive our it? song. Oh, yes, they're playing our song. They're playing. Our, everybody's got a sh- don't say a word. Listen to that sweet melody. Drive me nuts now forever. But that would probably be the one song. I would well, thank rather. you for giving it to us, and hopefully, it's going to drive at least one person listening to this nuts as well. Um, well, that's it, Jim. I really appreciate it. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave us? No, with? No, just thanks for having me. Do it's been a great experience for me to think all this stuff through, and it's been a real treat, you know, getting to know you better because I didn't know ninety nine percent of what we just talked about, and I'm happy I know it now. Good. Thank you. Appreciate it. We make this show in the WGCU studios on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Calligan is online content producer. Chris Duffus is executive producer. Our theme song was created by Dave, Dave, Dave Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Petersburg, Florida. For this week's parting tune, we're going back to episode eight of this podcast with author Nathan Hill. So sometimes... Um after after concerts down at the Philharmonic in Naples, sometimes a lot of the musicians will go bowling. Uh, oh. Yeah, so I, I go. I'll, I'll go bowling with them, and uh, and one night, you know, it's 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 like midnight in the bowling alley. It's like neon lights and music videos playing above all the alleys. And uh, one night, this music music video came on, and we we were all just sort of transfixed. And and the song was called "Bass Down Low" by Dev. It's not a very popular song. Um, I encourage everybody to listen to it because I challenge you to tell me what it's about. <laughs> like, I really have no idea. It's a song that has a really ambiguous relationship with meaning. Uh, but it's it's just, it seems to be about a Purposefully woman. Purposefully so? Yeah, or did somebody it seems miss to be, the mark? Yeah, no, it seems to be like this woman sort of seems to like bass. But like, is bass for code? Like code for something? Like, you know, like Megan Trainer? I, I don't I don't know. Uh, it's just she seems to like her bass down low. And I'm not sure what that means. Maybe it means something. I'm just too old to know. But we all just loved it so much. And it's got such a kind of goofy music video that we started playing it at first, ironically, all the time. And then we slowly, being you and your wife, me and my wife and all of our friends. Okay. And then slowly we started playing it, <laughs> playing it unironically, playing it sincerely. And then it started showing up like – and then we all, you know, we all got married and it, it played at every one of our weddings, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and like eventually, you know, like at a wedding the crowd filters out and it's just like the good friends who are yeah, left. Yeah, and, the core and that's, is left. that's when everybody would play bass down low and all, we would all reenact that night from the bowling alley when after a pitcher or two of cheap beer we all danced to this weird song. Keep listening. Well, next time on Three Song Stories. 
Do you have, you have any TV theme songs committed to memory? No. <laughs> <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> okay, you mentioned opera. Do you uh, do you have any um, uh, musical? A story about a man named Chad, poor mountaineer, barely kept the family fed, and then one day he was shooting up some crude, and up from the ground came a bubbling crude, yeah, shooting up some food. Oil, that is. <laughs> oh, that is. 